So welcome to another edition of God, Family, Purpose, the show that sheds light on our shared human experience through the lens of faith, family, and purpose. I'm Amanda Gilchrist, your host, and today we're talking about faith, family, and friendly fire with my guest co-host, Robert Martin Washington Jr. (laughs) And for those of you who don't know, he's my little big brother. All right, so welcome, Big Shot Rob. (laughs) Hello, hello. How you doing, my sister? How you doing? Good, good. I mean, considering I just saw you like, what, a week ago, two weeks ago, maybe, you know? Yeah, two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. So this episode is a very special one because we're going to talk about, like, the complexities of growing up in the church and the dynamics that come along with it. We're also a blended family Um, And we have always, like, for a long time, had this sibling rivalry that was (laughs) crazy chaotic. Uh, But it's been a journey, and uh, I just, I marvel at, like, the change in our relationship over the years. Um, But anywho, so you get to learn how, you know, faith has kind of influenced our sense of family and belonging and how we kind of like clown on each other and all the other good stuff in between. So, Rob, first question for you. What is the most memorable memory that you have of like me and you growing up? Like the story that will never go untold. I know you have several because I swear (laughs) I hear them all the time. But the one that like is the one that you is like number one on your list. Oh, you already know where I'm going. <laughs> that I, uh, man, look, look. <clears throat> so one morning, it's me and you. Obviously, we're not getting along. We never got along as kids. But I don't know. I think I came upstairs and I was bothering you or something. I don't remember, like, to the exact point. But I do remember that, like, you either, like, pushed me and, like, spit on me. And then you went and told mama that I hit you. <laughs> And that I spit on you, and Mama came in the dining room and just uh, beat the brakes off me like I was in the wrong. And I'm like, Mama, I didn't do anything. Like normally, I'm lying. Like I ain't do nothing. But this time, I was actually telling the truth. I ain't even do nothing, man. I got I got beat for it before I went to school. Mm, you know, the funny thing is, I like partially remember it, but like. I don't that story just makes me sound so bad, but I swear I was the good child. <laughs> I mean, I, I probably did deserve it. I won't sit here and act like, you know, oh, I was this perfect angel in that moment because I'm sure I wasn't. You know, obviously it was like 20 something years ago. You know what I'm saying? But I just remember that vividly. I felt like that was the one time I ain't doing it wrong and I still got beat for it. But here we are today. It ain't it ain't killed me. It only made me stronger. Yeah, I know. Right. Um. So I'll back it up because if you haven't listened to the first episode yet of the podcast, you know, when I say we're a blended family. So Robert and I are technically half brothers. You couldn't tell us any different, though. Um, My dad is not my biological father, but he's definitely my father, my dad. Um, You won't hear me address him any other way. Um, He was the one I was supposed to have. Um, But yeah, so he... And my dad and my mom got married around the time I was like five Hmm. or close to five because Robert and I were five years apart. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, he they got married around that time. And then here comes Rob, little Rob's now Mm -hmm. big shot Rob. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And. 
So we've always been like a, an integral part of each other's lives. But Definitely. speaking of the faith piece, right? Like, so we started out going to separate churches when we were younger. Like, so mom went to one church, dad went to another church. Um, we lived in this small, very easy teensy town <laughs> enterprise. And um, he would go to church. Was it in Daleville? Wasn't it in Daleville? It's like a Baptist church up there in Daleville. Something like that. I don't remember the exact name, but yeah, it was Daleville. Yes. yes. And, Daleville Baptist uh, Church, I believe it was called. I think. Yes. Something like that. And then, you know, we used to go to church in Enterprise. It was like Adam Street at the time. And, and then, was it around the time? I feel like it was around the time I was 12 that we actually started like going to the same church and then dad like became a deacon at the church and then he got into ministry which was kind of like a shift so and a shock all at one time yeah how did you experience that because i don't know if we've ever uh, like we've talked about a lot of different things but i don't know if we ever had that conversation about I don't think we how did. we experienced it i don't think we did you know but i mean at the time looking at it like not not talking down on my dad or anything my dad was a, a great dad great human being but you know obviously you know he wasn't perfect. None of us was. None of us are. You know what I mean? So, you know, just seeing him transition from being, you know, just a regular dude to this big time Christian to going to to school to become a minister. And now he's preaching every Sunday and whatnot. Like it was actually a cool transition to see, you know, and at first I won't say that that it kind of like it kind of made me question, like, is this real, you know, but I will say like, there was this thought in the back of my mind, like, all right, is this going to last? Is it going to be a thing, you know? And now I'm 29 years old. I turned 30 Friday and my father has been preaching ever since I was six. You know what I mean? And he is still been on the right path to faith. He's been to, uh, two separate churches as, as the full-time minister. And now he's full time at, you know, Southside and, and enterprise and, Everything's going well. Everything's going great. Um, but it's 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 really good for me to just see that since then all the way until now, he's still the same person that he always was. And that's one thing I really respect about dad is he don't care who you are. He don't care where you come from. He's not going to change for nobody. He's going to tell you how you feel, you know. And that was instilled to me, and that's who I am today. I'm a little bit more blunt than dad is i'm a little bit more i wouldn't say mean i would say you know empathy sympathy wise i don't really have that (laughs) i mean i just don't you know but he he raised me to who i am today i seen the good i seen the bad i seen the ugly you know and to this point in day you know now I just still looking up to my dad, knowing that he's the same person that he was many years ago. And and I'm thankful for it, you know, because a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people can't say that. And if we're being honest, let's let's be real. You know, black children don't normally grow up with their fathers. They don't. And I grew up with my dad. I actually grew up really with my dad more than I did my mom. You know what I mean? That's a point we'll probably hit later. You know what I'm saying? But. For the longest time, you know, I've been I've been a daddy's boy since I was three, four years old. You know what I'm saying? Going on military bases, watching him play basketball, hanging out with his friends. That's how I got introduced to basketball, you know, all kind of things, man. And, you know, like, yeah, like I said, from that point to now, like he's just been the same person. So I took it well and I'm glad that, you know, 
I'm able to sit here and say that he's, you know, the same man now that he changed to then when I was little. And it was a good example for me, for who I am and where I am now in life. Now, you know, I have a wife and a child and I know how to treat my wife. I know how to treat my son. I know how to be a man. I know how to turn it down. I know how to turn it up. I know, I know how to do all of that. Thanks to my father. Obviously, there's more people in my life to help. But, you know, my number one, if anyone knows me, everyone knows my dad is, you know, my hero. That's that's who I look up to, you know. So it's it's a blessing. Yeah. And I'm and I'm thankful. You know, I really. Yeah. Am. I, it's good to hear you say that, though, because I, I agree with you on so many points, like in that transition, like into ministry, like I feel like it was not as big of a transition as people would think because I'll say the one thing that our dad was really good about was just like being his authentic self. Like Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. it, he didn't like, like there's this thing where like you could not show up to the house unless you call first to let people know you were coming. And that didn't change just because you're a minister now. Like that did, that did not change. That stayed the same. To this day. And like, (laughs) I will never forget like, you know, being, you know, pregnant, um, with Bryce and, you know, he was preaching, um, this sermon. I don't even remember the title of that one in particular, but he was like talking about just in general, how people in the church can be so judgmental. Absolutely. And he was just like, you know, you see a woman who's pregnant and unmarried. And the first thing I think is, is she hungry? And y'all sitting here thinking about, oh, she fast and she's out here in the street. And he was like, and the differ the only difference between her and the person sitting next to her is that the proof of what she was doing is sitting beside her and your proof just hasn't come to light yet. He was like, you know, you know, God never said that the children weren't a blessing. He always said the children were a blessing. Mm-hmm. And so like when I called him, <laughs> it was so funny. He was, I was like, dad, keep an open mind. And he was like, okay. And so I told him I was pregnant. He said, girl, don't you ever call me again talking about some keep an open mind. I thought she was going to tell me he was like gay or something. Or you, <laughs> you know, you're talking about open mind. You just having a kid. I was yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay. Uh, yeah, cool. But that just like unconditional acceptance is always such a huge thing. Definitely. And like, even though I went through the motions of like, oh my God, I'm about to be a statistic. Like he never treated us like that. He never like made that out to be a thing. And so like I can say like the one thing that I will always take from anything is just be who you are, wherever you are. Like (laughs) that's it. That's the lesson. Um, And he continued to be that. I I can remember like him clowning us so bad and was like, you know, you need to be able to be clown because you know, somebody else going to talk worse about you. So if yeah. you get it at home, it ain't gonna matter. When you exactly, <laughs> exactly. It ain't it ain't nothing you can say to me that I ain't already heard or ten times worse. You know, and that's that's one of the things that him and Uncle Ike, yeah, obviously, they prepared us very well as we were growing up. You know, in elementary school, high school, and whatnot. Like 
when we got to school, you can crack a joke all you want to, but I'm getting personal on joke number one, and then you ain't gonna want to joke with me no more. And that's that's how I am to this day. Like it's it's many of my friends, homies, whatever. They don't want to crack with me because they know I'm going for the jugular, the first joke. Clearly. I don't care. I'm going TKO. to your mama. I'm going to your daddy. Your child. I don't care. You know, like that's where I'm going. Obviously, we joking, but if you want to come this way, you better be ready because I'm coming with it. I don't know what you're gonna do, but I promise you, I'm coming. You know. So. Oh, clearly, clearly. But you know, it's crazy though because like, so even like growing up like like that, and dad making that transition into ministry after that, mm-hmm. you know, mom and dad you know, got divorced and, you know, I recognize like being a married person now. And I know you being a married person now, like you recognize like the complexities that go into marriage and, you know, where we end up being at different stages in our lives. Yeah. And while their marriage did not last, right. That, that, you know, they decided to part ways, you know, I ended up moving with mom to Dothan and then you were with dad, which is why like most of your life is him. And most of mine was with mom. And more than anything, you know, I, I really, I probably never told her this too. Like she was also one of the like reasons that I didn't stop when I got pregnant with Bryce. You know, it was that like, you know, she got, you know, pregnant with me. She was pregnant with me when she was younger um, and had me at an early age. And I used to hear her talk about all the things that she didn't do because she wanted to be considered a a mom that was around right and you know just kind of hearing that and then like she literally got upset with me like her feelings were hurt because i think she saw my life like escaping me because she was like no i don't want you to like miss out on all the things i missed out on i want you to like not go to school i think she had this fear that i was just not gonna push myself but you know, hearing her and that concern and that fear that she had was part of the thing that kind of like pushed me to like, keep going. Like having a baby is not the end of the world. Like, did it slow me down? Absolutely. It slowed me down, but it definitely did not stop anything. And I'm thankful to both her and dad, because I think they, they kind of like gave me that motivation and poured into me in different ways. They kind of helped me to like keep moving forward in that regard. But even though they separated though, I will say we have probably one of the most unique family dynamics that there yeah, is definitely. in the world. Definitely. Like our, <laughs> our parents are, can literally be in the same room and speak and cordial and we can all laugh and joke. And cause we ain't got time to be spending separate holidays and stuff like that. Like yeah. who does yeah, that? We like <laughs> We ain't doing all that, you know, it's, it's, it's pointless, you know, and that's, that's what I respect about mom and dad the most. Like, you know, even though they did not work out, you know, they never let that get in between you and I. <clears throat> they never let that get, you know, to a point of not being able to deal with each other or be around each other or anything like that. Like, they still cool to this day. They can text, talk, whatever, and there's no issues. It's just like a, a normal person, a friend, you know. And it's it's hard to do that. It's, it's very hard to do that. It's hard to have a relationship with, you know, someone you were once in love with, had kids with, and then you go your separate ways. It's very hard to maintain a decent relationship, but theirs is perfectly fine, you know, and I respect the both of them for that. I do, because I know it's not easy. I know it wasn't easy, you know, a mom being away from her son and then a dad being away from his, his daughter. You know what I mean? Like, 
you know, we we make trips over the weekends to see each other and what like you know stuff like that. But I hated it. Mm-hmm. I hated it. I didn't. I didn't like that they divorced. I didn't like that. You know, we really didn't know what was going on. You know, yeah. um, we didn't get a reason when they separated from each other. We had to do our own personal. FBI investigation to figure out what was going on, <laughs> you know. Like, I mean, I mean, I just, I, I vividly remember, Dad got back from, I think it was deployment, I think it was deployment, or whatever. We went and picked him up, and um, we got home, and Dad was like, "Go up the street, go play with your friends." So I was like, "All right, cool," you know. Mom and Dad about to have, you know, daytime, kick it with each other, whatever. Dad been gone, whatever. And like thirty minutes later, uh, Mom comes up the street and she's like, "We need to go home." I'm like, for what? Like, I just got here. She was like, you need to get in the car. We need to go home. I was like, okay, cool. And I walk into the house, and you're sitting on the couch crying. Mom's face is red. Dad is just sitting there. You know, Dad is not an emotional person at all. He's just sitting there like, whatever, you know. And my mom's like, I already know the answer to this question, but who you going to stay with? And I was like, what you talking about? I was like, but she, I was like, I was like, what you talking about? What do you mean who I'm going to stay with? Like, what are you saying to me right now? And she was like, your daddy and I are getting a divorce. You going to stay with me? You going to stay with your daddy? And I'm like, is that even a question? You know I'm staying with my daddy. I don't even know why you asked me that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't leaving my dad. Come on now. Like, and I knew you was going to go with mama. Like, it wasn't even really a question that had to be answered. It just needed yeah. to be presented to us. But. Yeah, we, like I said, we didn't get an explanation. It just happened so fast. Um, I think it was in the middle of the school year. I don't even think it was the summer or anything. Yeah, but, you know, I think the thing is, like, you know, like being a kid and going back and reflecting, right? Like, you kind of, as a kid, you can pick up on things in between. Mm -hmm. You kind of know, like, your parents have disagreements and they have issues. But I don't think either one of us, like, neither one of us knew that that, that thing was coming right like it was Mm -hmm. just kind of like the unexpected happening um and it was definitely not like an easy transition but even still like the way that our relationship has developed you know over the years continuously it you know in spite of not like living together all the time Mm -hmm. you know how you know we come down to games and all that other good stuff um It's just, I don't know, like, you know, you sometimes will imagine, like, what would the trajectory of our lives have been had we been together, and you know, versus the trajectory of what it is now. Mm -hmm. Either way, you know, I can't worry about that because what I do know is that we still have a really good cohesive family unit. And um, even my husband says, he was like, y'all will like, welcome each other in without like he said y'all just kind of like he's <laughs> he said y'all some holy niggas <laughs> and be mindful I'm using like N-I-G-G-A-S right like we love God and we just gonna we just gonna be who we are right you know we believe we know we like you know live to to serve God but at the same time that doesn't stop you from like being a person like and Absolutely. I think that between you know mom and dad because dad used to always I was, he definitely told it like it is like all the time he was very upfront with his mistakes 
like and things that he did like as I got older he would talk to me about those mistakes and things that guys will say to you and you know he was like never tell a guy what you're looking for because they will become bad to reel you in like he yeah. said you're setting yeah. yourself up for the okie doke like there's so many things that he taught me and like so much of what I learned from mom is like part of her struggles and some of the things that, you know, maybe she didn't share with me like, you know, when I was younger, but growing up that was just like, wow, life be lifing. Like, I think that that's going to be a podcast episode because you just, life is complex. It is, it's it is. hard. <laughs> it is. It is, it is hard. And anyone that sit there and, you know, try to act like, you know. It's not. It really even even rich people like more money, more problems is a real thing. Like that, that's a real thing. You know what I mean? Like people think just because you know celebrities or athletes with all this money and whatnot, like their life is supposed to be so great. Like no, it doesn't work like that. At the end of the day, everyone is still human. Everyone goes through things, you know, and everyone has a certain way of how they handle things. And you know, one one thing that I will say is for my life growing up to where I am now. Christian folk are the worst people. They are the most judgmental. They make you feel certain ways that, you know, you shouldn't be feeling as someone you look at as a brother and sister in Christ. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've seen that so many times growing up. And it didn't pull me away from church. It didn't pull me away from my Christianity. But it pulled me away from people in the church. Because I would see certain things, you know, like... My dad would be up preaching, talking about, you know, something, anything, you know. And you got people on the side in the back like, mm-hmm, show you over there, mm-hmm, show Liz. Like, in the middle of church, like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's look at that plank in your eye. Let's not talk about what's in other folks' life. Let's talk about your yes. life. What yes. are you doing? Where have you been? Like, I look at people and I'm like, I know your life, I know your background, but you're putting on this facade in front of all these people, making it seem like, you know, you're just this uppity person. It's like, you're not. Mm -hmm. I know the real you. That holier than thou. And I'm going to tell you, that's the thing that like, you know, growing up in the church, because we were in church Sunday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Weekends for lock-ins or or, or going to Waterworld or something like that. Vacation Bible school. Yeah, yeah. Church trips, like everything. We we went to all the youth things. And, you know, for me too, when I got to college, I feel like I almost like stopped going to church immediately. And it wasn't intentional because I do felt like, I do feel like I needed that connection with God. But I just, like you, didn't realize that I was running away from the people. From the judgment of people. And I'm like. I didn't realize later to like. I literally work with clients. Who come in. And they have complexes about themselves. But it comes from religion. It's like. They grew up with their parents. And people in the church. God Mm -hmm. guilt tripping them. And like. And I just made that phrase up. So that God guilt tripping is like you know, you're going to go to hell and all that fire and brimstone. And I literally heard a preacher say this recently at someone's funeral. He said, we need that fire and brimstone preaching. And I'm like, no, we need to be taught, you know, that fire and brimstone preaching that you're going to go to hell 
and you know you're not good enough and you know you'll never be good enough that's not that's not what god actually teaches exactly. he teaches like i love you in spite of i love you you know i'm not going to love you any more or any less based on what you do or don't do but if you want to have access to my kingdom here is what you do to get access exactly not the i'm going to send you to hell cuz you didn't live life exactly but you know like that just does not teach acceptance. It, it doesn't. doesn't. And that's teach. why you got so many it people. It does not teach come as you are. God yeah. hung out with the prostitutes and all these people. Like, he is. That's why I love therapy, right? Because for me, like, Jesus is the greatest example of meeting people where they are and Absolutely. just coming as you are. Mm. And I am so thankful that we got to experience that side of it in our household. Because I'm not gonna lie, if we had grew up in one of those holier than thou households, I don't I'm not sure I would be who I am today. I would probably to. be self loathing and like like upset with myself and, you know, constantly full of guilt. Like we should absolutely feel moved by God's word. We should feel like, you know, like we're working towards something that we should be seeking out that relationship with God, but yeah. not necessarily feeling like I'm doing this to not go to hell because your intentions are part of what gets you into heaven like and if my intention is only not to go to hell then am I really worshiping God am I really a Christian like right. not really right so exactly exactly That's, and right. I mean think about it if if I'm 13 14 years old and you're telling me no you do this you're gonna go to hell you're gonna I'm gonna look at you and be like Okay, I'll see you there. I'm going full speed. Since I already know that's where I'm going, I might as well keep doing what I'm doing. With gasoline draws, what what'd you say? Exactly, with gasoline draws, <laughs> a lawnmower. Hey, let's take a blowtorch, let's go. If I'm going to go to hell, let's go full speed. That's what one thing my dad always said. If you're going to go to hell, go full speed. And I respect that statement. If you stand by who you are, you know this is who you are, this is what you're going to do, then you do that. You know what I'm saying? But when you tell them a child stuff that they're doing they're gonna go to hell they're gonna be like okay cool since i'm already going to hell let me just keep doing what i'm doing kids are rebellious kids don't want to be beat up all the time and being told that everything they do is wrong it's okay to make mistakes it's okay not to do the right thing it's okay it's about what you do after do you learn from it what lesson you know i'm not saying like go murder somebody or something but like what do you learn from that mistake you make and I think a lot of people confuse what a mistake and a choice is. Okay? Like, a choice is if I, if I decide I'm going to go murder someone, that is a choice I made. That is not a mistake. That is nowhere near a mistake. Exactly. I chose what weapon I was going to use. I chose what ammo to put in that weapon. I chose where I was going, and I chose the target. Or I chose, you know, a group of people. You know, that is a choice. That is not a mistake. A mistake is, you know, if I'm walking with my son, I drop him. Oops, my bad. That's a mistake. That's an accident. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That is a mistake. Oops, but me somebody. choosing to go shoot somebody is not a mistake. That is a choice. And people need to it's understand not. there is a major difference with those two words. Because, you know, with choices, right? Like, just like, you know, in marriages, right? Like, I always say, like, because people will say, oh, you know, infidelity, I made a mistake. 
No, no, you didn't make a mistake because mm -hmm. we know what conversations will lead us down a path to a certain destination. We know like mistakes are in the place where you don't know better. Yeah. So you can't do better. Right. Exactly. But choices, you know, I don't care who you are, where you come from, you know, murdering someone is wrong. Right. You know, you shouldn't be doing it, but you mm -hmm. choose to do it anyway. Right. It's like me as a therapist. I know great healthy communication tools right but sometimes i choose violence right. and when i say i choose violence i don't mean actual violence i mean i choose to be volatile with the way i communicate sometimes when i'm feeling overwhelmed and i know for me that's a sign i'm like okay if i'm choosing violence today it must mean she needs a break okay she need to rest reset recuperate because um something ain't clicking but you know, you make such a valid point. And I think that, you know, more people, more of us would benefit from being taught how God accepts you and can save you yeah. and can guide you and how he loves you. Then if you don't follow him, you'll go to hell. Right. right. And and even if you don't believe in God, you can still be a good person. You can still be a good human being. You know, you don't have to, you know, go to church. You don't have to worship God to be a decent human being. You know, mm -hmm. you don't have to. And, you know, people get that confused, too. You know, like, but it's 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 the world we live in, man. Things are, are twisted and turned into so many different angles that you have people who, you know, just don't know what's right, what's wrong, what to believe, what not to believe, you know? And like I said earlier, that's that's the reason why people are going away from the church. Because how can you how can you sit on this pedestal for, you know, yourself, but everything I do is wrong. Everything I say is not the right way. I got to do it this way and that way. Well, let's talk about you, my friend. Let's look in the mirror right fast. That's the problem. A lot of people don't want to look in the mirror. You got to look in the mirror and evaluate yourself. You know what but, I find, though? Like, if you really spend more time focusing on yourself and what mm -hmm. you can do better and how you can be better and how you can grow, you really don't have time to be worried about what other people are doing. Yeah. So, like, while all these people out here pointing these fingers, like, you need to be doing this, and you need to be doing that, and your life ain't this, and your life ain't that, I'm like, clearly you have not spent any time with yourself, because if you did, you wouldn't have time to be telling me what I need to do different, exactly. right? No one like, is perfect. Not a soul all. in this world is perfect. And the sooner people realize that, the better off the world will be. Oh my gosh, you're so right. So... Because this conversation, like, because we're get, like getting so engrossed in this, I think we're gonna break this up into two parts. So, um, we are going to continue this conversation um, of um, family, faith, and friendly fire. And because uh, I mean, literally getting into this. So, by the way, this podcast is always like non scripted, non rehearsed, like, we don't pre plan any questions, we just get on here. And we let the spirit move, okay? We just mm -hmm. have the tough conversations. But um, so much came up in that that I really want to continue in a part two. So what I'm going to say is stay tuned for part two because I think we literally just hit the tip of the iceberg mm -hmm. when it comes yeah. to family, faith, yeah. and friendly fire. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. And just so y'all know, 
for the people listening one thank you for listening but two this is regular conversations that we have all the time amongst each other my sister my mother my father like we have facetime calls every week my sister my mama we have these conversations all the time so this is us just showing other people out there it is okay to have these conversations it's okay to feel how you feel and it is okay to get everything off your chest I am a prime example of holding on to emotions and not expressing how I feel. But now that I have learned how to do that, shout out to my sister. Um, I'm a better person because of that. So anyone out there, listen, if you ever feel like, you know, you can't have these uncomfortable, hard conversations, you can and you need to. And how you grow and how you go forward and not take steps back is you have these conversations with yourself or someone else that you love, someone else that you trust. That is how you evolve as a person and go forward. And that is my two cents. Oh, my gosh. Big shot, Rob. That was a really good ending to part one. And I think you gave the people something to think about because... As a matter of fact, I'm going to be, I'm going to be extra because, you know, I'm known for being extra. We can talk about that in part two as well. But um, probably I'm going to tell you about the time that I set this little decorative broom on fire in my grandma's house. But <laughs> that's another. Oh, and you're probably going to bring up the coat story. <laughs> but we. Um, oh, I'm definitely bringing that up. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm going to edit that part out. Uh, <laughs> but with that said, like, I think the thing that I, I think you left everyone with something good, like these transparent conversations, they're needed and they're necessary. And um, when you are surrounded by people that you can just be yourself with, I mean, happiness is is right there. Happiness Absolutely. is in that place. Mm-hmm. So if you're not around people or family and when we say family we don't mean like by blood family only family is who you choose and we we choose our family wisely so make sure that you stay tuned to the podcast we're actually going to do part two episode after his 30th birthday on friday march 31st because i'm extra like that and i'll be like part two you 30 now um (laughs) yeah and then we technically only like four and a half something years apart until my birthday in May, but whatever. Um, So stay tuned. We're going to do another part to this family, faith, and friendly fire. I hope you got something from this episode. Um, Feel free to like, subscribe, comment, anywhere you get your podcasts. And by the way, Rob, please tell them where they can find your podcast that you have out currently. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I have a podcast on one of my best friends. His name is Zach. Our podcast is called Loud with Zach and Rob. It is uh, mainly sports based, but we will not shy away from anything. Keep your eyes open soon for an episode with my sister here. You know, we're going <laughs> to we're going to attack a, a mental health side of sports and some other things. That's a little sneak peek. Um, but, yeah, you can find it on Apple. Uh, you can find it on YouTube, Spotify. If if it's somewhere else that, that you like to use and watch your podcast, hit me up and I'll get it on there too. Absolutely. So catch Rob and Zach um, on their podcast loud and we'll be back with a part two before you know it. Thanks for tuning in to God Family Purpose. Go Vols. Go Vols.